You're now listening to Dirty Feet, a brand new podcast on No More Radio. Bonjour, oui, vous êtes sur les ondes des pieds sales, aka Dirty Feet podcast on No More Radio. I'm Alison Burns. I'm JD Papillon. Oh, I'm Jen Don. The donor. donor. I'm the donor. This is Joanie on No More Radio. Stay tuned for dance, circus, burlesque, tango, movement, salsa, whatever it is, we're going to move you. What are we now? Podcasters? We are a podcast, yeah. We're podcasters. 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 I like that. Podcaster. Cool. For dance. (laughs) How about that? Oh, yeah. Do you want to dance? It's that time of year again where Bouge DC is presenting their annual dance festival. Uh, It happens every January. This is the fourth edition of the Bouge DC Dance Festival taking place. Most of the events are taking place at Mainline Theatre, which is 3997 St. Laurent, just below Duluth in Montreal. Full disclosure, I'm uh, associate artistic producer of the festival, and uh, a lot of the people actually involved in Dirty Feet are also involved in uh, the Bouge DC Dance Festival, so we're just going to put that on the table right now. I'm Alison Burns, and I'm joined by Joanie Ferrand today, and Joanie, what is uh, your role with the festival, or your involvement in the festival? A very small involvement. I'm translating stuff from English to French, so I haven't met a lot of these people, though I know of them, so yeah, I'm excited to hear more about it. What is it? Where's it going and everything? Wonderful. Well, I'm glad that you're going to take that perspective for us today. And also, JD's not joining us, but he is one of the dancers for one of the chosen choreographers in the Common Space L'Espace Commun Showcase, and he taught a capoeira workshop earlier this week. So, there you go. All our cards are on the table. Now, let's move forward with what is Bouge DC, and uh, why do we love it so much, and why are we really excited for uh, the continuation of the festival right until... uh, the end of the week. I wonder if I may turn over the reins to one of our guests today, Holly Greco, who is on the planning committee for Bouge DC, if she can uh, fill in some of the blanks on what is Bouge DC. Yeah, sure. Um, I've been with Bouge DC for five years. This is our fifth anniversary of at least the Common Space performance, which we do, which is on uh, Wednesday through Saturday. And uh, from the very first showcase, uh, what Amy Blackmore, our director, artistic director, wanted to accomplish is having uh, this need to rework pieces and and movement and vocabulary that felt unfinished. We were students at Concordia and we only got a certain amount of time to work on these pieces and then to present it and then once it was done it was just kind of done and uh, Amy felt the need to put it back on stage and and spoke to some other choreographers whether we were in the same year or not and kind of come together and do this very makeshift show five years ago to rework Uh, something that we found special, whether it was a moment in a piece or an entire idea or theme. And uh, yes, we've been doing that for the last five years. So that's uh, Espace Commune. But now Bougie has become gargantuan in comparison to what it was in the very first show. Uh, We now have workshops, as Allison mentioned. We do the Capoeira workshop. We did a burlesque workshop with Holly Gauthier Frankel. In the past years, we've had workshops uh, with Robin Henderson with Dance Animals, something a little bit more commercial. Uh, Heather Keeler does a tap workshop every year, a free tap workshop, which is great. So we really are interested uh, on the Bouge GC team of 
having a well-rounded amount of workshops and and not just for dancers we did a contemporary dance 101 last year that was really cool uh just to have people who say, I always wanted to do contemporary dance and kind of give them the opportunity to do that. So I don't know. That's a lot of blanks I just filled, I think. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and just to get to the other guests that we have in our room, one of the choreographers who's been uh, chosen to present work as part of the Espace Camer Common Space Showcase for 2013 is uh, Heather Lynn McDonald, and she's joining us today. So thanks for coming, Heather. Thank you for having me. And, uh, I mean, we're going to get into details for sure about your experience, but what was the initial process for getting involved with Bouge DC? Uh, well, I'd actually, I'd seen the show last year. A friend of mine was presenting in the show. And uh, this past February, I worked on a piece uh, in Ottawa. And it was exactly what Holly was just describing. I finished it, and I felt like I just wasn't done. It wasn't what it could have been. It was just this little nugget of a beginning. And uh, then I thought immediately of Bouche DC. So when it came time to apply, I was right in there. <laughs> and you have been working with a mentor in this recreation process. Yes, yeah, so I've been working with uh, Lael Stelic. And it's just been amazing. He's been very supportive and very attentive to uh, what I wanted out of the piece, which has been very nice. He uh, really kind of put his own vision aside and really listened to what I wanted and helped me see where my holes were and really helped me push partnering. He's absolutely amazing with partnering and showed me places where I'd gone, how I could go five times further, which was really nice. And speaking of mentors, our third and final guest in studio today is one of the mentors for Bouge DC 2013, Maria Simone. Hello. Hello. So you uh, were invited to be a mentor and you graciously accepted this year and uh, we paired you up with an artist. How's that going? It's going uh, actually very well. Um, we met earlier in December to discuss what she expected out of the piece and what she wanted to get from me as a mentor. And then since then, I've gone into a couple rehearsals and really just gave her my input and my outside eye and what I thought she could do to develop the piece more. And I think that's one of the main things of Bouche DC is to help the artists see different aspects that they may have not been able to see earlier in their process. And you're also, uh, you're, you're so kind to Bouge DC, and you've been so kind over the years. You're also doing uh, stage management for the showcase. So yeah, I always much. love doing that. It's just a great way to stay connected with everybody and to be a part of the festival, help out wherever they need me. I'd like to ask you if this is fair. We choose mentors who are established in the dance industry and who have more experience than our applicants or the specific applicant that we want to pair them up with. So can you give us a little biography that lets us know kind of the, the niveau that we're working with? I think each mentor has come from a different background and that's what's so great about Bouge DC is they take the applicants and are able to pair them up with somebody that's specifically good f for the development of their of their work. Specifically for me, I've been doing a lot of rehearsal directing and have um, worked with numerous artists and I feel that 
not only graduating from Concordia and knowing the choreographic side of it, but also knowing the dancer side of it. So being able to help not only the choreographer, but the dancers as well, and stage presence and um, how to expand their horizons and expand their vocabulary within the work that they've already been given. Since Bouche Disease started, just because I haven't uh, had the chance to participate or see much of it in the past five years now, I'm just wondering how would you say it's evolved since its very first year, which was 2009, yeah? Yeah. Um, how has it evolved? Oh, wow. Um, if, what, if I'm just going to go back to Espace Commune for a second, we did our first show at Control Lab. Uh, for those of you who don't know Control Lab, it is on Saint-Aran, just above Prince Arthur. It's a little gallery space. We could seat 30 people. I think we did about two shows. Yeah, two, uh, two back-to-back nights. Sold out 30 people, yeah. Um, <laughs> and it just has continued to grow. And I think we only had about uh, six. Sorry, Amy Blackmore, if you're listening, forgive me uh, if there's wrong information. But um, six choreographers at the time. Now we have 11. We're now at the Mainline Theater um, where we can see double at least that. And we have five shows. So at least in terms of numbers and space, we've grown, <laughs> to, say right. the, to say the least. We've added the mentor program. That was about three years ago. The workshops we've been doing for the last three years. What I find keeps keeps growing is our team keeps growing, for sure. From just one or two people, now we're up to uh, five or six people. And our involvement continues to grow as well. Like uh, last year, we included the showing, uh, quote-unquote showing. So we have all of our artists come in in, mid- in mid-November. This year we invited the mentors as well, and we all sit down and they get to show what they have of their work thus far. They're at their, in their process, and some have had one or two rehearsals, some have had several. And we get to give our kind of feedback and notes and see, you know, who who's joining us this year. So our, our involvement continues to grow. There's just so many aspects that we want to continue. Like Allison mentioned, we don't have any international mentors, but God knows we talk about it, you know? So we just want to continue to grow and, and expand as much as we can. But five years, a lot's happened. Yeah, I just, yeah Maria, please. Uh, yeah, I just wanted to add a, to Holly's comment that we've also added the cabaret, which is an opportunity for the mentors to show their work, um, whether it's in progress or finished work. And it gives the opportunity for the um, other choreographers to see the development of their mentors. So mm-hmm. it's a well-rounded um, opportunity. That makes me want to start gushing about community, but I I want to get <laughs> Heather's perspective on that first because we're all so involved. But how how has it been for you? Have you met artists through this experience? Oh, definitely. Um, uh, well, Lael, for one, is someone who I'd, I'd seen him in Les Dances and around the community, so it's been really great getting to know him and a lot of faces. Even uh, Maria, I've seen her in class, and I've got to uh, interact with her more and Holly and everybody. Um, actually, the feedback session, I think, has been one of my favorite uh, experiences so far. It's just you almost never get the opportunity to get that much feedback at once, especially um, like your mentor is your primary source of feedback, but they start to get almost as involved as you are and attached to things. And it's very interesting to get 30 opinions at once of people who have never seen any of even your past work, your current work. So it's very unbiased. And uh, it also gives you a, a middle point goal in the process. So I, I think I actually got a lot more done 
before the feedback session that I might have otherwise because I had the feedback session in mind and I wanted to get as much uh, as much of my ideas out there so I could get as much feedback about as much as my piece as possible. Um, yeah, no, it's just it's been amazing, uh, especially coming from Ottawa. I have I've been living in Montreal for almost five years, but I feel, I feel like it's very hard for me because I'm kind of shy to get to know people, get in the community. I see people every day and I don't really talk to them because I'm scared. And this has really been a nice opportunity to get to know people in a more, I don't want to say intimate way. That's the wrong word. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but we're, we're, we all have something in common and we're working towards the same goal. On that note, the Common Space Showcase is aimed at specifically emerging artists, and that is very subjective. And each year we have to continually question what is an emerging artist. It's not necessarily a student, it's not necessarily a young person, and it's not necessarily somebody in the dance industry. It can be somebody transitioning in from uh, from theater or from administration uh, who still considers himself an emerging artist because they're trying to break into this world. So can you give us your your biography, a little mini biography of where you came from and where you're at in your career right now and uh, why you chose to apply for this opportunity now. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess I, uh, as I said, I'm from Ottawa. Um, I went to Canterbury Arts High School with Allison Ashley. Um, so I've been... It's so, a small world. <laughs> it's a very small world. Uh, so yeah, so I've basically been working towards being... I wanted to be a choreographer since high school. The first time we got to create work and um, I went to the School of Dance uh, in Ottawa uh, under artistic direction of Sylvie de Rosier. And yeah, so after graduation, I originally wanted to stay in Ottawa for another year. Once again, I think I was scared, and my teacher said, no, you're going to Montreal because that's where all the artists you want to work for are, and that's also where I see your work being the most applicable. So uh, I moved here, but because my uh, my network is still in Ottawa, I've basically been a girl stuck between two cities. I have my apartment here, I do contracts there, I train here, and so I've kind of been uh, stuck between the two. I've been very, very fortunate that I've had the opportunity to work with Peter Bonham, who, uh, for those of you who don't know him, he is a master teacher, choreographer. He has been a key part of the community in Canadian contemporary dance, and uh, he was artistic director of the Group Dance Lab for many, many years, and he is he's an intense mentor. He is someone who, he's 78 years old, he knows exactly what he wants to see, he does not bullshit you, he does not sugarcoat things, and he pushed me very hard to continue my work in a way that I never could have otherwise. But yeah, I feel like I'm in a place where I've kind of been honing my skills in this smaller community on the side, and no one in Montreal has really gotten the opportunity to see my work. This is my second time presenting here, but the first show I presented in was much, much smaller. Uh, So yeah, so I feel like this is kind of exciting and scary for me because I feel like this is the first time a lot of people are going to see my work and really get to form an opinion about who Heather Lynn MacDonald is. I was wondering about um, Bougiezy is for uh, performing arts but mostly movement based. Yep. So, uh, I mean, circus people in some point could come and and, and use Bougiezy to work on their stuff as well or maybe physical theater as well at some Absolutely. point. Can, can, it be, can there be a text or monologues? Or uh, absolutely. Actually, I actually was a part of a piece uh, three years ago by... Joseph Bembridge, who is an actor. He's definitely a mover as well, um, but he is first and foremost an actor. And I did a physical theater piece that was 
a incredibly emotional and I really had to train with him on getting the essence of theater as well I and the other two girls who were in the in the piece were both trained actors they're movers as well but they are again first and foremost actors so we absolutely are open open to the idea um, when we're on our jury we really are looking for you know something that catches our eye the one I think I stress the most personally when I'm sitting on our jury to decide who is going to be in the festival is uh, who needs the opportunity. You know, Allison brought up being an emerging artist and what does that mean? And God knows we could talk about that for two hours. Um, but so what I try and focus on is who needs the opportunity? You know, who is saying saying something that uh, should be heard, but more more off where are we going to be the people who push them into you know our community and allow their voice to be heard uh, do they have other experiences in performing it elsewhere um, have they been out of dance for a little while and are coming back to it are they theater performers are they circus people so what we really want to do is is give them that opportunity so definitely we're, we're very open to having we've had ballet professional ballet dancers it, it doesn't just have to be quote unquote contemporary dance same thing for mentors. Yeah. I guess you would be open to have maybe physical theater being a mentor for a dance piece. I guess somehow it um, relates. Absolutely. Or they can help each other. Absolutely. What's really cool um, that I'd like to mention about the mentor process, which I don't think a lot of people know, is that uh, what we usually do actually is kind of say all the names we want to be mentors before we have even chosen who's going to be a part of the festival. We bring people back. We think of new names. We think over the last year who we've met, who we've come in contact to. We dream a little, you know, people who don't know yet who are, you know, performing at Place Arts and go, I wonder if I have a contact. We can get that person in. You know, we could just kind of build sort of a dream team. And then once we have chosen who's going to be a part of our Bruce GC, we then go, okay, who are the names that we have, um, who have, who's confirmed, and who out of this group would be ideal for that specific person, that specific piece, which I think is really a really important part of the process, because if we just kind of pull at strings, and as Maria was saying, each person is tailored, their mentor is tailored to who they are and what they're showing. So exactly, Joanie, if we have somebody who is a more physical theater piece, absolutely we would bring in somebody who has either experience in that as a dancer or an actor. We've had Jeremy Heckman be a mentor who is it's not a dancer. Um, I'm sure he could be, but chooses not to be. Um, so he was the former artistic director of Mainline Theater. So we're open to it all. Right. We've also had artists in with uh, breakdance influence in their work. We've had uh, Buto and Clown-inspired pieces, and definitely theater-inspired works. I, I wanted to mention about Jacques Brochu, because he, f at least for me, was a mentor in Concordia. So it, having him on the panel as a mentor as well brings this sense of community as well, that mentors and... Uh, graduated students, alumni, and current students are all kind of mixing and mingling, which I think is fabulous. Absolutely. And people from different schools exactly. and people from yeah, different experience levels. For sure, that's the dream. That's the dream. The Common Space L'Espace Commerce Showcase is specifically a contemporary process showcase, as I like to say, where the works don't necessarily have to be contemporary dance, but they have to be informed by the contemporary process. And to me, what that means is having an open mind, 
is trying new things, is is going through that evaluation system that we use in in contemporary dance that uh, a lot of people learn when they do a program like ECAM and Concordia and Lad Me. And so we find mentors who uh, understand that goal, and that helps us keep the process cohesive. Yeah, I, I would also like to add to I've been a mentor formally twice. I've had to step in for a couple other ones as well over the years. And what I would like to point out is that I have a relationship with every single person that I've mentored to this day. I think it has a little bit to do with my personality <laughs> as well. I don't know if that's for every mentor, but, but yeah, so, so shy. Um, I don't know if that's for every mentor. I could say the same thing, but... You know, these are people now who come back to me a couple years later and go, hey, Holly, I'm working on something new. I'd love if you came into my rehearsal and, you know, was able to look at this for, with me for about a half an hour or something. And I love that. I think that is that is such a concrete aspect of Bushi C of what we are trying to attain here is that open dialogue and that relationship between people no matter where they are in their career, um, coming together and just trying to make good work. <laughs> you know, so I think it's really cool that I ha I, I've continued to have that relationship. And now, like, I, I mentored Michelle Slattery last year, and now she's a part of the Bushy C team, you know, who was once a performer, is now on the organization team. It's like the lines are all blurred, and I think that's really, really cool. <laughs> yeah. This is a question for both Holly and Maria. What do you get out of being a mentor? What is the benefit for you as an artist or as a human being? I really like to hear myself talk, so <laughs> that definitely has something to do with it. <laughs> I think for me as a mentor, it helps me to continually train my eye to look at different works, to look at different movement styles, to look at or to take what the choreographer is trying to get out and how do I articulate what I see and what I think that they want to get out of it. So it's constantly trying to take what the choreographer has mentioned and sort of articulated and being able to show them that this is what is coming across and this is, in my opinion, what steps they need to do in order to achieve their their goals uh, yeah I, I completely agree with you Maria um, another side of it too is I come from a technical background I did train in ballet and jazz I did as a competition dancer so it's like tricks or or <laughs> what I love to see but that aside I have a, a a trained eye for for technique so I love working with the interpreters just as much as I love working with the choreographers and you know where where is that movement initiating from where do you are you using your backspace correctly or in um, the most efficient way you know are you really getting to the bottom are you using your real weight you know like really taking those those little fine fine-tuned um, edges and really making them deeper and just to make the choreography that much more rich um, and I know as a choreographer myself we lose sight of, of things like that and it, it's so easy to just have somebody come in and go go to the end of that line just that extra inch and it can change the picture so much so I know for me I really like to have a dialogue with the uh, interpreters just as much as the choreographers. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot that's happening in the process that is coming from the mentor and there's a lot that's coming from the artist and you're really working together towards this goal. Holly, earlier you were talking about what you like to focus on in the jury process and I definitely like to focus on also the aspect of 
how does this artist want to change their work? Are they open to changing their work? Do they have a plan? Do they see where they want to be? And that's a really important factor for me because it is a reworking festival. We're not just remounting pieces. Mm-hmm. We're not just transferring mm-hmm. them from their original right on stage. We, we enjoy this process. So, Heather, how did you go into this process? What Did you know exactly where you wanted to end up? I had, uh, I definitely had a, a general feeling. It's funny. I always, whenever I've tried to describe to my non-dance friends um, how I work as a choreographer, I always feel like I have a puzzle in my brain. And I can see 80% of the pieces, and then there's a bunch of blanks, and I know there's a piece that goes there, and sometimes I don't find the answer until the last day. But like I, I know the whole image is going to feel like this, and I can't really generally can't describe it completely to anyone until it starts coming together. Uh, I think I lost track of what the question was. <laughs> what was the question again? Just what was your perspective on the reworking process oh, when you started? Yes. Yeah. Um, uh, yes I went from uh, a quartet to a, a duet. And when I originally was creating the piece, I knew from day three that the quartet wasn't working out, but I was stuck with it. I had to have these four dancers, and they were beautiful and amazing, and they worked so hard for me to make it work in that context. Um, So coming in, I actually had a lot of technical things to figure out, as my piece has a lot of props in it, and um, the other two dancers were half their role in the piece was actually manipulating the props, so that a lot of what I call magic (laughs) things happened. And uh, so it was a real challenge for me. I had to really think every day. I literally listened to my music for at least two or three hours every day, just thinking about my piece, trying to figure out how I was going to solve the technical problems, as well as fill in the blanks of the emotional connection of my two dancers. That was the big part. So I had those two pieces and it was just slowly, slowly coming together. And I would just start with things I knew and leave the blanks until later and just kind of they got fewer and fewer blanks and eventually the whole piece came together. And then how does your mentor factor into this process? Did you approach Lael with questions? Did you just open it to him and ask for feedback? How do you start there? Well, we met first. um, We grabbed a coffee and uh, he had watched a video of my piece and he brought out a notebook and I said, okay, just go. Just tell me what you have. Like, I want to hear what you have to say before I say what I want. Because I was very curious what his first reactions were. So that my me saying what I wanted wouldn't lead or change what we, he had to say. And uh, pretty much any time he came into rehearsal, it was I pretty much always did the same thing. We would He would watch what I wanted to show him. And I would listen to what he had to say. Because sometimes you just you be, get a blind spot and you don't see things that you're missing. And then I would ask my questions. So generally, I have a lot of improv sections in my piece. There would be times where I would need to know just if things made sense. You know, did something, did it seem like a weird transition? Does this feel rushed? Does this feel too slow? Something feels weird here, and I'm not sure why. I think that was one of my big questions was, there's a part here, and I feel like something's off, and I'm having trouble seeing what it is. And then he would instantly be able to see it's because they're rushing the movement or we're missing the reason why they're doing that movement you know sometimes even just changing a focus there was one point where like if you just have simon uh, my male dancer simon Fournier, look in that corner while he's doing this entire thing it gives it a reason and then it worked so yeah it was basically it was a mix of getting his first impressions and me asking questions 
And you're coming to the end of the process now. The The show premieres mm-hmm. on Wednesday, the 16th of January. Do you feel like you're ready? Do you feel like you're done working on it? Do you feel like you've reached your goals? Yeah, I feel it, it's it's hard as a choreographer sometimes to stop working on it. There's, al- there's always little things and little details you just want to keep pushing and affecting length and rhythm and all that kind of stuff. But I feel like at this point, it's kind of in the dancer's hands. And, uh, you know, I'm... I'm still there to watch and tell them what I see, but it's really them taking it, making it their own, and being wonderful, which I know they'll be. <laughs> so now, yeah, it's sort of, I'm at that mother bird letting her her little chick fling fly away and hopefully not crash into the ground, but I know it won't. I'm sure it won't. I'm sure it's going to go really well. <laughs> Can I make a quick comment on that, Allison? So I, I kind of understand what you're saying, Heather. Well, not kind of. I understand what you're saying, Heather. <laughs> because from a mentor standpoint, I walk in now. I'm not a mentor this year. Um, but Amy and Allison have asked me to go in at the end of the process with a couple of the artists and just kind of see what they're at. This this is for uh, mostly curation so that when we go back and we're actually programming the actual show, we know, okay, who's doing solo, who's doing duet, what is the kind of tone, what is the atmosphere. Um, but as somebody who's been a mentor in the past years, going into these rehearsals and really just giving them a couple, you know, vague notes and and uh, asking about lighting and caution, you know, I just want to talk to them and be like, do that again. Okay, go back and let's work on this. And then, it, but it's the end of the process, right? So, and I'm not their mentor. So it's been tricky for me because this is a new, this is a new thing for me personally and Boosh GC to just go in at the end of the process and give them my two cents and then walk away. It really is a skill and I think that's for the choreographer as well now at the end of the process to give them enough um, and not give them too much. Mm-hmm. And I think that's with feedback in general, but certainly at the end of the process when we're coming up to showtime, you really have to choose your words wisely. I'm sure you can agree with me on this too, Maria. Choose your words wisely. What do they need to hear and what are they going to figure out for themselves, period, the end, you know? It's kind of interesting that you're saying it's the end of the process. Uh, I kind of consider, yes, it's an opportunity to show and you, it's the end of the process for what you're working on right now. Mm-hmm. But I also feel that with all the shows that we do have, you're going to have audience members and people within the show come up to you and say hey you know this is my take on it and if you are to present it again this is what I would suggest because it's completely it's one thing in rehearsal it's one thing when it's put on stage and then this maybe this is an opportunity to see hey this is how my dancers took um, my direction for the show this is what I want to change for the next time I present it yes it is a ending point but it's also maybe an opportunity to continue mm-hmm. totally yeah I can't speak for all the other choreographers but I'm sure I know I for one definitely want my piece to live on after this like this is sort of a, a stepping stone part of the life of uh, this particular choreography and I love it's one of my favorite parts of shows is getting audience feedback because you hear things that you would never expect to hear I had a solo when I was graduating from school where someone was really touched by it because they thought it was about bulimia and it was had nothing the night inspiration had nothing to do with that whatsoever but I just I love that someone saw something that powerful in it because of their own life experiences. So it's very interesting to see how people like the feedback section, people who have no connection to you, no connection to your piece, they know nothing about your personality, they're not going to read into things to do with your life. 
and they're going to give you information that you would never expect. So I'm going to get very different feedback from my mom and dad than from a complete stranger. And it's, I love that. It's one of my favorite parts. From the mentor's perspective, just to go back to this idea of giving just enough information but not too much, even at the beginning of the process, is there that sort of negotiation where you're like, what can this artist handle and, and what should I just let go? For me, I don't think of what they can handle. Or I always tell the choreographer, whoever I'm working with, you can take my opinion or you can leave it. It really doesn't bother me. I'm giving you what I see. And for me, I like to give open-ended questions and and ask them, well, why are you so heavily focused on this? And why are you doing that? So there doesn't necessarily have to be an, a final answer, but it gets them to think about other possibilities. We're like therapists, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's especially important when reworking pieces. I think that was one of my big challenges was pieces of choreography I kept from the original piece would stay a certain way, and then Lil would ask me, why are they doing that when they sh when they could be doing this? I was like, because that's the way it was before. And when that's the answer, you know, that's when you need to relook things. But you just you get a blind spot. And you just you don't see things because you've just you've gotten used to seeing it so many times and you've just accepted. And so they the mentor can help you see your your holes. I had a few questions about the networking and the promoting and the media coverage of Bouge DC. Maybe how um, can people learn about it for either what's coming up in the festival and of course what's been done already but maybe for next year or whatnot how can people get involved um, how how is all that working um, well we definitely do a call out on Facebook we have a Facebook page page friend we have a, a Facebook person Bouge DC and a page so boom yeah <laughs> so we are all over Facebook um, so <laughs> yeah and like 12 events this week so yeah crazy. we are going to fill up your inbox you're going to love it So you can always find us on Facebook. We also have bougiec.com, um, which is now up and running. So you can find out about more information. Come find Mainline Theater and talk to somebody there. You know, if you're in the plateau or you already go to shows at Mainline, Amy's always there. <laughs> well, I like how you said, how do people get involved? Because that's right. actually how a lot of people have gotten involved in the festival because they approach us and they say, hey, I want to be a part of this, which feels amazing. Yeah. And uh, so we definitely welcome that. I mean, you can email info at bougedc.com. You can go to bougedc.com and check it out first, uh, you know. But yeah, we welcome people who want to be involved. What about the media coverage? Can you tell us a bit about that? How do you do you approach different newspapers, different dance journalists? Um, yeah. Is something you'd like to do in the, in the future? Yeah, there's not a, a lot of newspapers to, to anymore. Um, but bum, bum, bum. yeah, right. a sad story. Catherine Radburn okay. is our publicist. Because. <laughs> This year, new this year, which is really exciting for us, because previously we've been kind of juggling doing the PR and the production and the direction and everything. So now we have, uh, we've grown enough to, to bring on another person to specifically focus on publicizing the Bouge DC Dance Festival, which has been really great for us. And she takes care of the press releases and, and setting up interviews and getting us articles written in mostly, I guess, online Yes, yeah. at this point. Blogs. Blogs. Amy just did something for the West End as well, too, the West End newspaper. Um, so, you know, 
I shouldn't say. I take it back. There are newspapers that are left. I guess. You know. Well, there are a lot of French newspapers in newspapers Absolutely. that have the arts section that are read by a, by a lot of people that can benefit the the French community as well. Oh yes, the Voix um, has been very good to us for the years. Yes, the for Voix sure. being one uh, yeah. main one for uh, performing yeah. arts and all. Yeah. And it should be noted that we're representing the Anglophone side of the festival, but we actually have uh, at least five Francophone choreographers this year, which is really nice. Some from UCAM, I believe. Mm -hmm. We can spread the word as well. Exactly, yeah. And it it goes back again to that community that we've been talking so much about. But, you know, we have people involved that... uh, we wouldn't otherwise know except that now they're in their festival with us and then they bring their friends and their peers and their community and everybody gets to mix it all up and we meet people and it's a great opportunity to to yeah to mix and mingle in the industry we call it joining the bougie family (laughs) <laughs> Drink the Kool-Aid. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so, something else we've started, uh, started this year is having um, official ambassadors for different schools. Um, I guess not just necessarily schools, but mostly as, you know, we have a Concordia ambassador, a UCAM ambassador, a LADME ambassador. These are people who attend these schools um, who are informed on Bushi C and aren't necessarily, they're not, you know, they're not performers or they're not choreographers in this year's festival, but some are, but... They're just people who have the knowledge to talk to people in their class and go, hey, guys, I don't know if you knew about this, but this is this is going on and it's really cool and you should apply or you should come check it out or come take this workshop. So we have walking publicity all the time. (laughs) We're just trying to get it out there as much as we can. Yeah. And as the original team was all Concordia, we're. Yeah. Is especially excited when we get an applicant that's not from Concordia. It's like, great, great. Let's grow our sphere a little bit. Mm -hmm. And this year we have an applicant from Ottawa. (laughs) Which is brilliant. I have to say that this year, or I don't know, maybe it's been like that for the last few years, but you have a kick-ass format. Everything is in it, you know, the Cine Dance, which has just happened recently, but will begin, I'm sure, in the part of the festival next year. But you have the workshops, obviously the mentoring, all the artists involved, the cabaret. I mean, what would you like happen next year or in the next few years? How do you see it evolve, maybe the venue-wise, or maybe um, moving it, maybe going on tour or something, you know, Bouge DC tour to go in different cities in Canada and the U.S. or whatnot? How how would you see it evolve in the next five years or something? Yes. Yes, we yes, like to see it evolve. <laughs> Obviously, um, yeah. If I can just talk on one one of the many things we've talked about we did first time this year we did a five-year plan as a team which was really cool and we just didn't inhibitions to the wind don't think about funding whatever you do don't think about funding don't think about you know just let yourself dream a little bit which is really nice to do every now and again and you know, some of these goals we got we kind of got done which is super cool but one thing i think to to note is that we don't want Bougie C to be something that just lasts for, you know, a week, 10 days in January, and then again for Nuit Blanche. We want the Bougie C presence to be around all year and have, you know, present workshops all year round and do one-off nights where maybe we do another film night in Mm -hmm. May and just kind of keep out there all year round so people can get in contact with us with either ideas or applications or just, as I say, keeping the dialogue open between in in the community and we want to be able to be a portal for that all year round 
And I think, too, we're interested in not being quite so Montreal-centric. Yes. I think we would love to have artists in from other places, um, mentors in from other cities, and traveling, it would be amazing. I mean, these are all long-term goals. But, for example, last year, for the first time, we did a... We presented an award at the Fringe Festival. We put together a jury who, who took care of um, checking out all the dance shows that were in the Fringe Festival and uh, created an award. The award was a, a show. It was our opening night show for the festival this year, and it, it was performed by the runner-up of uh, our Bouge DC Award for Fringe. I presented their work at, at opening night of the Bouge DC Festival this year in January, which was Sora Dance, and that was because our the winners, the recipients of the award, uh, are based in California, and uh, they couldn't accept our invitation, and we couldn't bring them up. So that's something that we definitely we want to have them around in future years. So I think that's a big goal for us. Uh, that was uh, Christine Germain Dance. They did Projet uh, Migration. If uh, anybody saw it during the fringe, and it just blew us away. So we would love to be able to get them up, and 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 other artists from other cities, other places, other countries. Other worlds. <laughs> and you touched on the Cine Dance Night, which uh, right. which was sold out this year, which was great. And it's just a night of, of emerging artists, again, presenting dance films, most of them short. And uh, yep. there was popcorn, there of course. Lots of popcorn. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's something that's obviously picked up some steam. So we're going to have to, we're, we're going to have to start talking about bigger venues and more, Truly. more runs because uh, people... People love what we're doing, and it feels really good, and workshops are filling up, and uh, yeah. I, I always like, part of my job is seeing the audience come in and then scrounging at the last five <laughs> minutes before the show starts to find extra chairs, and it's like so fulfilling and so uh, exciting to have to go and like look for more chairs and clear people out of the way. I, just, I think it's awesome that... Each year it keeps getting bigger and bigger, and I feel like we have to open up the other side so that there's more chairs available for people. Yeah. I will, I'll never forget last year, Amy said, okay, I think we should do four shows. Was that four shows last year? It was four shows, yeah. Four shows, and I'm in the back of my mind going, oh, what? Really? You think? You think we can we can fill four shows sold out? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then she said five shows this year, and I just kept my mouth shut. And I was like, no, tail between my legs. I'm not going to say it. We can do it. Let's do it. And I am wholeheartedly believe it's going to be another full house for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, Cabaret is going to be the tricky one because it's only a one-off on the last Saturday of the festival. So we've got the three sides of the theater open, so we've got a maximum seating capacity, but it's always standing room only for that event. And that's what Maria was saying earlier when the mentors have the opportunity to perform. Planning committee members are also invited to perform, and we've invited uh, past participants in the festival to come back and show work as well. And it's always a great time. That's, for me, that's such a fun night of the festival because that's a lot of the artists stick around the mentors are around and you get to you get to interact not just with your mentor but other people's mentors and people from other parts of the community and we get strangers wandering into the theater this mm-hmm. year which is really great people that haven't been to a dance show before or maybe they have but not something in this style or their friend dragged them along and it's just great because I love hearing what they have to say about the shows because it's a completely different perspective than I've got, and it's so refreshing, and mm-hmm. it's so encouraging 
So you say you have a lot of, uh, I mean, you ask for past participants to come again for their work. So once you're in it, you can never leave. I wasn't kidding. I wasn't <laughs> kidding. Family, the Bougie the family has you. It owns you. <laughs> like a mob. <laughs> it's never over, basically. <laughs> yeah. And, and we also invite some people. Um, often what we'll do is if we didn't accept your application for Bougie C will invite people to come for Barebow's Dance which is the event that we do for uh, Nuit Blanche um, maybe they just need a few more a few more months on it and we'll say come come talk to us again for Nuit Blanche or or again or for Cabaret so we really like to keep keep our keep our contacts open and wide and say you like to move you're with us and uh, just a little brag some of the the past participants have also gone on to do great things which is really exciting as well like my uh, my first example is always Katia Marie Germain mm-hmm. who's had her work presented at Tangent this year and she was uh, an early contributor to the Common Space Showcase a few years ago so that feels really good and Parts and Labor also yeah. had a showing at Tangent and Judson and Judson, Judson in Church in New York so it's a it's a great springboard into other um shows and for some people too this is their first opportunity in front of media which i think as you have brought up earlier Joanne, yeah exposure that you know they never had before because they're a third year student at concordia so why would media you know come come and see what they're doing unless they're doing taking those risks and going out outside the box of school and then on plus like outside your finished school and now i'm gonna keep going it's the taste of the real dance world Okay, so I think it's come to that time where we should tell everybody what to go see and uh, and how to get there and, and where to give us money and stuff. So go to bougedc.com for the full, the full schedule for the festival. We are midway through at this point, so some of the events have already taken place. But of course, the Common Space Showcase, what we spent most of today speaking about, is premiering on Wednesday, January 16th. So if you're listening to this podcast just after it's been released, it's tonight that you have time to go get a ticket. Uh, maybe, unless we're sold out already, which we're probably going to sell out, so <laughs> get it now. But we're, we're doing a show on Wednesday the 16th at 8, on Thursday the 17th at 8, Friday uh, we have two shows. We have a 7 o'clock show and then a late night 10 o'clock show, so it works with anybody's schedule, really, because we also have a matinee on the Saturday at 4 p.m., and you can spend the whole day at Mainline, stick around and uh, see the cabaret as well at 8. And there are discounted tickets for the cabaret for people who have seen Common Space, so you are encouraged to see uh, more than one show and save some money that way. I believe there are a few workshops still available, so you should check out bougegc.com. You can be our friend on Facebook. You can... uh, Give us a hug when you see us. Totally. We're all into hugs, I think. (laughs) Absolutely. After the week of Bucci C, we're all going to need big hugs. <laughs> and again, most of the events are taking place at Mainline Theatre, 3997 Saint Laurent, just below Duluth in Montreal. And uh, you can buy tickets for our events at mainlinetheatre.com. See you next year. Thanks very much for coming in Thank today. You. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. So that's uh, that's our show for this week. Thanks for listening to Dirty Feet here on the No More Radio Network. Just to let you know, we've been continuing to put up reviews on BloodyUnderrated.net. So please don't forget to check it out to see uh, to see our perspective on dance shows, uh, mostly in Montreal. 
Jiti uh, Papillon has written our latest review, which was on the Discovery Ball at Agora de la Danse uh, last week. And uh, yeah, you can uh, uh, read it to find out how he felt about the show. I'm also going to tell you what we have on for, for next episode, because we already know that we're going to be speaking with Frederick Taverny and the lovely Anne Theroux, and the two of them are working on a piece that's going to be presented at Tangente uh, next week in, in Montreal again. And uh, my goodness, the, the bios on these guys looks so interesting, so intriguing. I can't wait to pick their brains and, uh, and find out what's up. So thanks very much and uh, have a great week. Dirty Feet is recorded every week at the Montreal Improv Theatre. Check them out at montrealimprov.com. Dirty Feet is produced and hosted by Alison Burns, J.D. Papillon, Jen Doan, Joanie Ferrand, and distributed by No More Radio. You can find more about our show at nomoradio.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Dirty Dirty Feet. And you can find us on Facebook at Dirty Feet Podcast. Tune in next week for a whole new show. 